0: I am an invisible man. I am a man of substance, of flesh and bone, fibre and liquids. And I might even be said to possess a mind. I am invisible, understand, simply because people refuse to see me. When they approach me, they see only my surroundings, themselves, or figments of their imagination. Indeed, everything and anything, except me. That's an Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison, written in 1952. I'm Rob Berkeley, founder and managing editor of Blackout UK. Blackout UK brings together bi, gay and trans men of African descent in the UK and mobilises them to build collective responses to the challenges that we face. Our work is relationship-centred and focused on unleashing the benefits of community. For example, resilience, support and information networks, self-esteem and reciprocal ties for those who identify with the necessarily contested categories of black, queer and male. We started in 2016 as a web platform seeking to amplify our voices Uh, to marshal conversations between us about our lives, our dreams and aspirations. Conversations for which we had no infrastructure, despite at least 40 years of organising. We describe this early phase as coming out of the quiet. We were never voiceless, rather we were unheard. We were invisible men, squeezed into others' narratives because of our invisibility. In mainstream media, we are exotic, a hard done by niche minority, perfect for the soap opera cliffhanger, stuck in an eternal guess who's coming to dinner moment, a dramatic device rather than three-dimensional humans. To black media outlets, we were fodder for the shock jocks, proof of migrant cultural bereavement, grist to the mill for attention-seeking controversialists, whether in a newspaper column from the church pulpit or set to a reggae dancehall beat. To LGBTQ media, we were tolerated but unloved, Maybe because the Pink Pound missed us, maybe because we are a reminder of our societies and their newsrooms need for a long overdue reckoning with racism. We began a conversation where we could define ourselves rather than be defined by others. We were therefore never BAME and were able to acknowledge the different trajectories and drivers of organising and community building between black, lesbian, bi and trans women and bi, gay and trans men. Very quickly, we began unearthing stories of young men lost for want of companionship, a friendly ear, someone who understands what they're going through. Men lost seeking the solace of one more party, uh, the next chill out with no chill, too often with tragic and sometimes fatal consequences. Not counted or discounted, these stories rarely came to wider public consciousness. So we became determined to intentionally build our futures together to make space for us space in which we could acknowledge each other to reclaim and reframe the idea of community, building on the examples of our forebears who embraced their invisibility to survive. Indeed, invisibility is our habit, a habit that may well be our superpower if it enables us to see what others do not, to face up to the reality of late modern society in which there are overlapping interdependent porous and fluid publics rather than a single contested public space. The concept of a single public only delivered so-called respectability politics that excluded us further. The challenge for us in 2021, however, is not to be respectable, but rather to be our authentic selves in a society that learns to live with and value difference. The conversations we had and had started has shown us that black, bi, gay and trans men needed each other, far more than I and my co-editors had initially realised. In November 2020, we published results of our community-led participatory research project in the picture. We found that as younger men, we're more likely than other black men, and a really disadvantaged group in comparison to white men, to be homeless, suffer poor mental health, and experience severe alienation. Much more likely when compared to other bi-gay or trans men to be living with HIV, our findings suggested that we are more likely to be in precarious employment or underemployed, to misuse drugs or alcohol to cope and with weaker networks, fewer friends or family to turn to when in need, are made more vulnerable to exploitation. As older men, we are more likely to be alone, often feeling unseen and lonely, in part as a result of losing so many uh, to HIV AIDS in the 1980s. As Channel 4 is a sin has reminded us so powerfully recently. Almost every statistic that we could unearth pointed to the negative. Almost worse, it seemed as if no one had been able to do much more than pick up the pieces afterwards, to administer sticking plasters, dole out the antiretrovirals, or contact the next of kin. Unheard, black queer men have been seen as a thing to be saved, incapable of taking control of our own lives, a further contribution in the long term to alienation and dependency, reinforcing our, our invisibility. There have been numerous equations when I've disclosed my sexuality to, to be met with looks of pity. Wow, black and gay, that must be doubly hard. It doesn't have to be that way. However, we are under no illusion that the collection of data will be the magic bullet to solve all these problems. Quentin Crisp once wrote, it's no good running a pig farm badly for 30 years while saying, really, I was meant to be a ballet dancer. By that time, pigs will be your style. For those who've been invisible, it can become a style. Visibility, after all, does not automatically mean inclusion. Indeed, it can mean increased vulnerability. Justin Faschini, the first top-flight footballer to come out 30 years ago, would have celebrated his 60th birthday last week had he not taken his own life in 1998, hounded by accusations of sexual misconduct. In 2004, Oprah Winfrey wasn't winding up back- Buckingham Palace with royal tittle-tattle. Uh, instead, she was seeking to expose the down-alone, claiming, in language which uh, is insensitive but still uh, current, that uh, AIDS, AIDS was the leading cause of death for Af- African-Americans aged 25 to 44. Uh, that is startling, Oprah says. All of my alarms went off. Women, college students and people over the age of 50 are at greater risk than ever before. And, as Oprah discovers, men living on the down low may be one reason why. So given the creativity and confounding nature of work with black queer men since 2004, we witnessed a number of men adopt the Down Low label as a badge of honour, invisibility somehow seen as a benefit. Over the past couple of weeks we've seen the triumph of LGBT rights Ghana uh, and their organising being undone by a concerted campaign between Catholic bishops, tabloid media and politicians unwilling to rock the boat in an election year. Their community-built support centre was raided by the police and the staff are currently in hiding. Visibility can feel like losing one community that offers resilience against racism but with no guarantee and more than enough folk experience of racism in entry notes to LGBTQ communities, from bars, clubs or digital apps, to question whether visibility is a risk worth taking. Now I don't subscribe to Afro-pessimism, there can and will be progress, however we recognise and work daily with the contradictions and negotiations of a fluid and dynamic identity. We are seeking to engage the estimated 15 to 20,000 black queer men in the UK in our work, or certainly to get to a tipping point where we can influence each other positively and build relevant support. The initial stage of this work requires uh, us to build trust in each other and to change the habit of invisibility to habits of solidarity. And just to finish with a quote from uh, Ralph Ellison again, I remember that I am invisible and walk softly so as not to awaken the sleeping ones. Sometimes it's best not to awaken them. There are few things in this world as dangerous as sleepwalkers.